Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne and once again we have gathered the international hospitality media champions for a cross-border discussion about what's going on in the sector. We have Maria Putz-Williams, editor of Hospitality Inside, the German-based international and bilingual hospitality news service. We have Jeff Weinstein, editor of Hotels Magazine, the global media brand based in the US, and Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. A few weeks ago, we got a taster for the mood across the uh, hotel sector and the hospitality world internationally. We're going to do the same thing again to see what's moved on in the last few weeks. Um, and so let's start by asking Maria, what does the hotel sector look like now in your home country and how's the mood? Has it changed much uh, yes, the mood has changed in a positive way, I have to say, and I speak not only for Germany in this case, but only for Austria and Switzerland, as the three countries are developing in a fairly similar pattern. And uh, yes, it's uh, much better, but chaos has grown in reality. So we had eight weeks of restrictions and the hotel industry will open up again now, step by step in May. Uh, as you know, we have 16 federal states and each one is allowed to set up its own plan. So there's no national solution, which is quite tricky in reality. Uh, just Bavaria, for an example, is one of the Corona hotspots and they are quite cautious compared to others. They open their beer gardens first, then they standalone restaurants will follow, then hotels with and all within three weeks time. Uh, but of course, as you heard, Oktoberfest has been cancelled. There's no chance to handle six million visitors. And if any events, fairs will be um, allowed in autumn is still open. Um, at, on, in society, I have to say, the mood also has changed because the pressure is increasing on politics. Uh, we had the first demonstrations again being allowed uh, at this very last weekend now. And uh, citizens simply request their basic rights. The result, new infections of course, but not too strong, only a few numbers I have to say. So society also discusses other hot topics like the preferred approval for the German Bundesliga soccer players. They start playing again next week. Uh, again, with a, is a disappointing result in, in the first uh, days even ahead of the big uh, game. L lifting restrictions um, is, I would describe it, it's an open experiment right now, as we are, of course, also still missing a widespread testing. Very similar uh, state by state as far as lifting restrictions. Uh, and as far as how the hotel business is going here, it all depends who you talk to. Uh, just this week, this past week, there have been a lot of earnings reports. And um, Sunstone just reported, and they're sending the keys back to the lender, the Hilton Times Square. That's pretty. That's a pretty big deal. That's a 500-room hotel that they just can't service the debt, and the lender's going to take over. They're going to be a lot more less liquid owners probably smaller in stature who are going to be heading toward receivership there's just no doubt about it uh, that's the unfortunate news um, there at the same time there is some optimism marriott just reported today q1 um, they were seeing occupancies at 12 percent in april and now they're up to 15 percent worldwide by the weekend of may 2nd um, they have 25% of their hotels closed, 16% North America, three quarters in Europe. 
Uh, RevPAR was off 90% in April. But Arnie Sorensen on the call said we've bottomed. He, he thinks that, you know, oh. only better days are ahead. Um, oh. You know, there's a lot of other nasty stats. Um, 8.2 million jobs in hospitality have been lost in two months. That's pretty daunting and, and severe. And we won't get into the loss of life. Um, but uh, there are some green shoots. We believe the staycation market will come back first. The drive-to market is what's going to drive business forward. As far as events, big business hotels, they're already looking at 2021. I mean, they're writing off this year, and we'll see how quickly they're able to come back in 2021. I still don't think big events are going to come back for quite a while until um, there's a definite, you know, clearing of this virus. So it's a mixed bag. Officially, we've moved from the, the slogan, and they're very keen on three-word slogans. So um, or well, we've gone from a three-word slogan to a um, two-word slogan. So it's stay at home, what's the slogan, and it's now be alert um which nobody can quite figure out what that means actually but uh what what has been clear is that we're not going to see any hospitality businesses open until july that's the official government position um and it's going to be a phased and gradual open they're planning on having some schools open at the beginning of june mostly for certain year groups um and and trying to phase that through and the plan is to have all uh, of the youngest uh, children back at school um for at least a month um um which before the summer holidays which i think is going to be a challenge but we'll see but in terms of the business end of things no it, it's still very much um oh. things are shut i don't oh. think and they've been quite clear that in terms of the wider opening that uh, hospitality is towards the back of the queue it's not totally at the back of the queue so things such as hairdressing nail salons gyms um cinemas they are at the very back of the queue um but if pubs particularly pubs which have got beer gardens they're going to probably be able to open in july hotels I mean, obviously some hotels are currently open um hotels where they're housing housing homeless people hotels where they're putting up key workers um even hotels where they're putting up, um, putting up people who are in quarantine they're open um but uh, a wider hotel opening program no and great unknown is how you operate profitably in in such an environment and many of the owners we currently talk to say actually we're better off not opening because opening in this environment is going to lose us more money than we'll gain you know we have in in germany uh, the the special very special tool of uh, short time work and uh, in February, the industry counted 173 short-time workers in total, and it moved up to 1.1 million one month later. Yeah? But uh, when you, this uh, tool means that the state pays for your employees, so you don't have to kick them out. Yeah? And, uh, but regarding the development in, in hotels, um, yes, uh, we do have silly restrictions like hotels that are going to open in the first phase are only allowed to uh, achieve 50% occupancy, which makes no sense. It's very much in discussion in, in reality. 
and um, hoteliers they are now they also say they hit the bottom line right now in April and May so there's only one way up and uh, at once here in small continental Europe we are again very close to the next border and uh, you know Germany touches 19 countries all around the, the, its own ter territory and so we, we have to discuss now with Austria, Switzerland, Poland, uh, France, etc. when which border will open because this is uh, has a big impact on the summer holidays and everybody wants to rescue July and August as the main months for holidays. If this does not happen in 100%, uh, then uh, one guy told me, sir, then we, ha we will take a bath in red blood, deep red blood. And um, so we again have again tens of thousands of hotels uh, threatened by uh, uh, closed borders and tourists. Anyway, resort des destinations, uh, people assume and statistics guess uh, or surveys tell that resort destinations will be back first. Um, business travel and small meetings will slow slowly pick up in autumn. But all business will come from domestic. Yeah, I wouldn't say the call the CEOs bullish. I think you know they're trying to put a positive spin on it, uh, and they've got a little bit of data to back it up. But the recovery is going to come oh so slowly, oh very slowly, unfortunately. And I don't know how fast or how quickly it needs to come back before there's not more receivership. Um, Everybody's making the cosmetic changes. Uh, hygiene. It's all about hygiene. Everybody's launched in the last two weeks a, a, a hygiene protocol with their assurances and their partnerships. And, and I'm sure they will do a pretty good job of implementing uh, better hygiene. Uh, it's not going to change the psyche of the traveler. Um, even if they're wearing masks, even if they, a room has been taken out of service for a couple of days after it is let to give it a chance to air out or whatever it's going to happen after two or three days where it's not re, reissued. Um, I think they'll be, once they we get into maybe July, uh, you'll start to see people getting out. And again, I'll echo what Maria said. It's going to be regional. It's going to be local. It's going to be the staycation. Um, even then I have a feeling people, you know, might be out more, whether they're going to want to stay in a hotel. I don't really know how quickly that's going to happen. Even for leisure guests, if they have an option to go out locally and just be out for the day, I think they're going to choose that before they stay in a hotel for a while. Uh, there'll be some growth. The numbers will get better, but the real growth is going to come very slowly, I'm afraid, and and into 2021, it's mixed. You get some markets, some of the resort markets in Florida, Arizona, California, they'll see some growth better than most other markets. But what are they going to get? Occupancies in the 20s, uh, maybe 25, 30 percent if they're lucky, at a discounted rate. That doesn't equal out to much profit. No profit. It's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the only good news is, I agree with Arnie, I think it has bottomed. But the coming back up, that's going to take a while. I don't know how quickly. 
Yeah, I'm mean, picking up on the the local um, point. Uh, I think it's, it's it's interesting if you look at that how how that's going to play out um, for for northern European countries, Germany, the UK, Scandinavia. Um, they ought to be net beneficiaries in terms of their overall tourism economy from it being more local. So if you take the UK as an example, um, we get 38 million visitors to the UK um, each year um, but we have 73 million Brits going overseas so there's a net negative balance in the tourism economy of 35 million this is a 2018 numbers the most recent and it's a similar sort of situation in Germany and Scandinavia now if even half of those people who went overseas now decide to go on holiday domestically in the UK um, that's uh, that's an absolute bonanza for the UK hospitality industry in fact the facilities are not capable of sustaining anything like that number is going to create a huge problem but this essentially is a is a medium term issue as until we get to the point when people can get traveling again which unfortunately as we keep repeating is going to be when we get a vaccine is going to be a good two years away so it's not 21 we're looking at 2022 before we even begin to see the makings of what we would describe as a normal recovery I think picking up on the point uh, Maria was talking about and Jeff mentioned as well in terms of the furloughing of staff um, for hospitality I think this is going to be quite a tragic situation because people are, the furloughing schemes, schemes cannot continue to be supported by governments and it's just not sustainable and as we come to the end of this period it's very unlikely I think we're going to see an extension to any which is going to be enough to keep um, a lot of hospitality people um, still employed and we're going to see a, a lot of redundancies at the end of June in the UK as the furloughing schemes begin to wind down and there might be some respite for hospitality but it's not going to be enough to keep millions of people from avoiding um, joining the ranks of the unemployed I think it's going to be a very tragic uh, situation we're going to see um, maybe just maybe if we can get enough of the domestic tourism up and running and we can get that that there's a there's a chance we can keep that going but uh I, it, it's the the nature of this is so challenging it's so difficult because the profitability is just not going to be there with these social distancing measures jeff mentioned the cleaning there's huge costs involved in that cleaning um you know you, you're not going to be turning around a room in an in 30 minutes or an hour it's 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 going to take hours of cleaning we can't have breakfast buffets we uh, the huge costs in terms of how are we see staggered breakfast there's all sorts of big big operational issues how, if you've got a tower hotel how do you get guests up and down lifts there's a whole variety there's going to be some properties which are simply not economic to open um and th th this this is all going to be coming out i think you know as we head over the summer and and sadly i, I think you know we're going to have um although we talk about the bottoming um in terms of the industry that that's true to an extent um, um in terms of the absolute levels but i think as the reality of of what lies ahead becomes clearer we're going to see a second drop but notably on the in financial terms in share prices just as people get to grips with 
actually we're coming into the worst recession we have seen certainly since the second world war some people are saying for 300 years um it's truly going to be an horrific economic environment and the share prices don't reflect that i don't think at the minute and there's going to be a second major correction um in a few months time as as it becomes apparent what the world looks like as we emerge from this lockdown yeah i, th I think so andrew Yes, um, here we discuss a lot about growth, that uh, the future growth will definitely not be based anymore on the growth rates and growth patterns we had in the past. No, absolutely, and, absolutely and, not. And Corona will definitely correct pipelines and overcapacity, roughly, uh, uh, rigidly. Absolutely. And you've yeah. got a whole bunch of um, yeah. business models which are built on the back of forever extending those, you know, on the pipelines. And if if you say, look, we're not going to be adding any net new rooms, it, it's a big challenge. So the other thing, what they can do, and it's a much tougher game, a much more competitive game, is fight for conversions, and that's going to be the tough. Now, I do think that some of the big global brands will win there, and I think actually what we're going to see is an acceleration of their dominance in the industry. Um, because they're best place they've got the best balance sheets and they've got this and they've got the trust with consumers because of their stronger brands um, they're going to be picking up new properties i think it's going to be much harder for the mid-sized and owner operated the small hotels no doubt no doubt andrew the lenders are going to want to side with the big brands it, yeah. just uh, for the obvious yeah. reasons that yes they will grow based on conversion that's absolutely that's a great point and absolutely true yeah, but here you know, if you have a, a if you have a family-run business, you don't have any debt anymore, so it's your property. Then you also have quite a good opportunity to keep up in business here in in Germany. I think. Um, on on the other side, uh, we have we don't have that much furloughing as the state will cover our, our short time work for at least one year, and they are already negotiating if it might be may, might be prolonged. Um, so uh, this is takes a lot of burden from our shoulders on this one side, but I also see in, independent on lenders, etc. I see another aspect which is tricky or challenging uh, is how do you want to convince the guests to come back to your hotel? As you said, no, no uh, property is um, profitable right now. So, but every they all open at the same date. Uh, more or less. So you have the same competition like before. Nobody earns money. Nobody knows what the occupancy will be. So the clever ones refuse to talk refpar um, already. They simply want to open and be present and market their brand. And I think in terms of F&B, we see two extremes. On the one side, you have the breakfast buffet is going and uh, self-service and food to go will come. On the other side, you have uh, the top service, which makes it even more expensive. So in my eyes, this means in the midterm, hotels will have to simply have to become more expensive, even yeah. in this crisis to make a differentiation. And, uh, and people, I guess people are willing to pay for this. And uh, asking your question about uh, Andrew about the uh, hotel towers, how can you get the guests up and down in a lift? Is simply technology in my eyes. Yeah, you need apps uh, showing the people when the lift is empty, when there uh, there's a space in the breakfast room. So then you can leave your room. Uh, you may choose a way. 
through the floors uh, where you won't meet somebody else, etc. So I think this is done simply by technology. And uh, operators, at the end of, operators at the end of the day will have to create new and big budgets in my eyes. It's all money or a lot of money will be spent for regaining guests' confidence. Yeah, but digitization piece mm -hmm. uh, point yeah. is very well made, I think, Maria, absolutely. I, th I think we're going to see a lot more of that, That which the, the hotel sector has resisted for a long while, and I think it's really going to accelerate that trend. And I think, it, it, in general, if you were to have a rule of thumb about this, this crisis, it's that the trends which are already there are, in general, being greatly accelerated as a result of this crisis so the trends towards brands um, the trends towards digital all of that is going to be sped up I think that for that you just got to go away and develop it <laughs> well thank you to our trio of experts for their opinions this week we'll probably catch up with them again very soon bye for now